Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 247. We can't change whether or not they're going to buy organic wine all the time, but we can certainly just make sure that whatever they're going to drink, they can at least take the sulfites out. Added sulfites are for shelf preservation. Once you get the bottle of wine and you're opening it and you're about to drink it, you don't need those anymore. So you can definitely take those out. It's a no-brainer, I think. 
Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. Today's guest is a pioneer in the wellness movement, Adrian Nolan-Smith. Adrian is a board-certified patient advocate, speaker, and the founder of WellBe, focused on bridging the large gap between the healthcare system and the wellness movement. Her mission is to help people prevent and reverse chronic health issues naturally. But first, Food Heals Nation, if you're a regular listener of this show, you know that Food Heals is going to Italy in June and you are invited. It's going to be June 15th to June 22nd. It's our second annual vegan Italian getaway. And it's going to be a retreat like no other. Picture it, Food Heals Nation, you, me, and other Food Heals Nation ladies laying by an infinity pool, overlooking the sheer cliffs and rugged shoreline dotted with small beaches and pastel-colored villages that just line the Amalfi Coast. We drink wine, we talk about wellness, and how to be our best selves and live our most authentic lives. Our daily adventures include hiking, boat rides, beach trips, olive oil tasting, shopping, gelato stops, and eating all the things. Our resident vegan celebrity chef, Leslie Durso, will teach us how to eat healthy and vegan in Italy and how to fully immerse ourselves into the Italian lifestyle. Lonely Planet calls the Amalfi Coast seductive and beautiful and one of the most memorable destinations in the world. I have to say I agree. Last year was certainly the most memorable vacation I've ever had, and I would love to share that memory with you this year, Food Heals Nation. Don't worry. Once you arrive, we will fully take care of you. Almost everything is included. It's a really reasonable price. Seriously, people can't believe how low we got it. Your trip includes a beautiful stay at a gorgeous villa in Rovello overlooking the Amalfi Coast. You'll be well fed. We eat an abundant, delicious breakfast catered by the villa every morning, most of it from the food grown right on the organic farm on the property. All of our adventures and excursions are included as well, plus your transportation to and from the airport. And the dinners. My mouth is watering just thinking about the food. (laughs) We eat at some of the finest restaurants in Italy. Seriously, the best food I've ever had. We cook with Leslie, pastas, pizzas, veggies, desserts to die for. I truly don't know what you're waiting for. To find out more, go to foodhealsnation.com slash Italy. Or for any questions, just go ahead and email me at info at foodhealsnation.com. See you there, Food Heals Nation. Next up, our interview with Adrian. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. She's a board-certified patient advocate, speaker, podcast host, and the founder of WellBe. Please welcome Adrian. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. So glad to have you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's very exciting to be on the Food Heals podcast. I love your podcast and I'm excited to share my story today. Oh, thank you. So what is your story? Take Tell us, us back. your story. <laughs> oh man, it's a long one. I will do my best to make it flow and concise. But um, <laughs> um, I guess my journey with health and understanding that food heals, honestly, uh, started Back uh, when I was 11 years old, I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease, um, and I grew up in New York City, but we, my family spent some time in the summers in actually in Lyme, Connecticut, so not a shocker that I ended up getting Lyme. But oh, still, really? <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming was, that's why it's called Lyme disease? Yes, Lyme exactly. Disease? Okay. And that's why it's spelled funny, you know. L-Y-M-E, because it's the town of Lyme, where it was first discovered, I think in like the 50s or 60s. And essentially, my despite this being somewhat obvious to us now, a lot of conventional doctors didn't quite you know, catch it. I didn't have it, really bad symptoms. I was just really fatigued and had a lot of memory loss. But my brother was much, much more sick and with horrible joint pain and cognitive problems. And of course, they told my mom that he had 
learning disabilities and this and that, but she was really determined to figure out what was going on with him. And once he was diagnosed, they turned and said, maybe she has it too. And I I did. So uh, we both tried, you know, antibiotics and they didn't work because the nature of Lyme is once it's in you for long enough, the antibiotics can't fully heal it. So um, you're at that point. Sorry to interrupt. Isn't Lyme disease a virus? It's actually a bacteria. It's technically called a spirochete because it's a spiral-shaped bacteria, but um, it's very tricky. It acts like a virus in the body, but because it's a bacteria, it's a bit confusing and hides in all kinds of funny places, and it's very complicated to, to heal. So my mom basically was left with no options with you know conventional doctors after the antibiotics didn't work, and she, but she was really determined to get us better. And so we went through kind of the first experience into integrated medicine that that I'd ever had and did all kinds of crazy treatments and went to all these, you know, woo-woo practitioners. And when you're a little kid, you're like, what am I doing here? You know, all kinds of different therapies. And two years later, though, I I was testing, um, my Lyme was testing inactive. So it was really pretty exciting. My brother took longer. He was into high school and he finally sort of recovered because he'd had it for longer and with much worse symptoms. But I, this was my first introduction to the power of, because we also drastically changed our diet. So the power of, you know, natural integrative therapies, as well as food to heal the body. So fast forward, I had pretty good health from age 13 to 18, and then went away to college. I went to college in Johns Hopkins in, uh, in Baltimore. And I started, you know, eating in the dining hall like every other, you know, college kid. And I I guess I'd been eating pretty well when I was living at home because we my whole family had adopted a very different way of eating um from, you know, before before it was cool or before people ever said the word gluten, we just called it like wheat-free. Um, you know, and we we couldn't have like we had like carob chip wheat-free cookies. Nobody wanted to eat at our house, put it that way. There was no candy, (laughs) like rice stream, you know, like we couldn't have any dairy, just like goat's milk once in a while, like all that stuff. So six months after I was eating, you know, my way through college and I lost my period and it's the technical word for it is amenorrhea. But um, after, you know, a couple of months, I started to get worried because it'd been, you know, normal since I was 12 started to see a lot of different doctors in New York and New York where I'm from and then in Baltimore through Hopkins. And, you know, all of them had the same answer for me. It was like, uh, there's nothing we can see that's wrong with you. And, you know, just take this birth control pill. And I had become you know, enough of an empowered patient, but at that point through my Lyme experience to know that that was an insufficient solution because it doesn't actually explain why it's gone and what's wrong with you. This gets me so angry because they do this to young women all the time. Mm-hmm. You have acne, take a birth control pill. You want to control pregnancy, take a birth, like that's the, that's its intended use, but anything else you have, what's it? um, when you have the uterine line and going outside of your endometriosis or PCOS, endometriosis. Or, like yeah. you give it to women, the young girls all the time for not what it's intended for. They don't even know. Why would they give it to you thinking that's not going to, that, that just makes me angry. It's so weird. It makes me, everything you're saying is, <laughs> makes me so fired up. And I talk about it a lot as a band-aid solution. And especially when I know, and, and you guys know, like, the body, every single thing that happens, it's trying to tell you something. It can't yeah. talk the way that, you know, you're, we can well, that's talk. How it talk so, that's how it does talk, right? Right, exactly. And so, you know, a headache or acne or all these things are trying to tell you something is up. And so not getting your period is is actually something I think is pretty lucky about being a girl because or getting a period rather, because, you know, guys don't have a monthly way for their body to say like, yep, everything's working great. Yeah. Cause that's the first thing to go, right? Like if you're not well, the first thing the body does is like cut off the reproduction. Cause that's considered like, you know, not, you don't need it to survive. So that's the first thing. And that's usually like on that periphery of like wellness, right? It's the first thing to let you know, like, oh no, something's, something's up. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think the body is very intelligent and that's why there's miscarriages. Like if the body, if something is up, and then it's going to impact the fetus. It's like, no, we can't do this. And it just, you know, lets that go or doesn't even let you get pregnant. And so, or, you know, doesn't even let you have a period. So, you know, whether that's environmental toxins or an actual virus, you know, anything else that might be going on. And so I ended up 
I was very frustrated. And after a year and a half of not getting it, I finally, my dad found me this naturopath in New York who I started working with. And it was, you know, again, going back to a pretty strict diet program and using Chinese herbs and supplements and acupuncture. And she said, follow this program pretty religiously for six months. And, you know, it'll come back six months and a day later, it did. It's been normal ever since, which has been I'm in my 30s, so a long time. And, you know, it was kind of my strike too of like, what is going on with the conventional healthcare system that there's just no desire to to roll up their sleeves and get to the bottom of these health issues, which if you don't get to the bottom of it and say I'd been taking birth control pill for let's say 10 years even and then I'm, you know, married and say I want to get pregnant and so that means this issue that's been going on whether it's hormonal or environmental or parasitic or vile or whatever is just festering and getting worse because you never treated it as well as you are now introducing potential side effects with synthetic hormones from the birth control pill. So to me, I was just like, this is so messed up and frustrating as you express as well. So I felt really lucky. I got it back. And just, you know, when good things happen, then bad things happen. So completely unrelated, my mom had been really deteriorating in her mental health towards um, when I was about, I'd say 18, 19. And by the time I was 20 or 21, she had a massive uh, manic episode in the middle of the night and ended up, you know, my brothers and I chasing her through the New York City subway system because she was trying to run away from us because she thought we were trying to kill her. And, you know, God was talking to her and all this, you know, hallucinations and, um, paranoia. And, you know, it ended with us literally having my brother put her in a hand lock or a a bear hug and put her in the back of a cop car to go to a mental facility, you know, part of the New York City system. And it started this nightmare of about five years of in and out of different inpatient programs and so drugged up on antipsychotics and, you know, whatever that she was almost like not, she was like a zombie, you know, drooling and shaking and gaining weight and not being able to really like take care of herself. And just, it was really, really awful to watch. And obviously then getting other side effects from those antipsychotics, which then they gave her, you know, more drugs for with the sleeping and the shaking and those had side effects. So it was just like a multiplier effect. And by the time I was 25, she took her life and it was two weeks before my applications were due for, well, it was a week before Christmas. um, And it was two weeks before my applications for business school were due. And at the time I was working at IBM and I didn't really know exactly why I was applying to business school. I just knew that I wanted to feel differently about my career and that I wanted to have really purposeful work. And I wasn't sure exactly what that was going to be, but I wasn't feeling that at IBM. And, you know, I just kind of realized at that moment when I was like, I can't even finish these applications. And my friends were like, no, come on, you're so close. Like, we'll stay up with you. You know, we'll get a few drafts at the door or whatever that I'll just, I wanted to work the rest of my life to transform the healthcare system and not just treat symptoms and pill for an ill and all of that. That's essentially what I set out to do. I did get into business school and I went to Kellogg, which is business school at Northwestern University in Chicago, feeling pretty alone and whatever, but ended up being a wonderful experience. And I worked the whole time to try to understand who else I could talk to about, you know, integrative medicine and food is medicine. And and there was, you know, wellness was hardly a term, like Instagram wasn't even around yet, you know, it was a different time. And you know, in Chicago, especially in the business school community, it was like, what are you talking about? Like there was, you know, digital health or traditional healthcare, but nothing else. And so I kind of got pushed into the digital health world. And I ended up working afterward, coming home to New York and working with hospitals for three years, working on chronic disease management programs in the healthcare technology space. So it was really wild and depressing. And, you know, I was in a hospital every week and I was looking at what they were doing to treat patients who, you know, had really preventable like asthma and, and, and heart failure and strokes and diabetes. And there was just a follow-up appointment and fill your medications. That was the entire plan afterward. And I kept, you know, shaking my head like, 
This is nobody wants to ask these people, why did you have a heart attack? What is going on with your life that might be, you know, the root cause of this? And what can we help you work on to prevent this and or any of the other, you know, chronic conditions? Because that's the majority of our healthcare costs. And it, it, it just really blew my mind. And so finally, I quit my job in March of 2017, which is one of the <laughs> scariest things I've ever done. Um, and I'd worked for about, mm, I got married in September 2016. And I was on my honeymoon, like journaling all the things that I wanted Wellbe to be. And my husband was like, can't you just, we're on our honeymoon, like, stop it, just enjoy this. <laughs> And I was like, I can't wait any longer. Because, you know, I'd been thinking about it, you know, since business school, but the whole wedding planning process and then my job was pretty demanding. I just didn't have really the time to make it a reality until I felt then. And so I was like, I can't wait one more minute. So I started putting, you know, pieces in place of what I thought was important to build in this space to make this kind of change. And I ended up with you know, more or less a media concept, which is, we're just at least media plus kind of an e-learning platform, which I couldn't believe because I didn't know, I didn't come from media. I came from technology. I didn't know anything about media, but I felt that as I'm sure you guys know, because you also have, you know, this podcast that if there's not awareness and a certain understanding of why this stuff is important and the education behind everything about our food systems and our healthcare systems and our even our water systems, people don't make changes. You need that first to the, oh, wow, that is important. Or I had no idea. Or you know what? This is something that's worth doing because now I get why this all works the way it does. People said, oh, you're going to build an app, right? Because that's the healthier, you know, technology side of me. And I said, no, then I'm just serving the people who are already bought in or who know this information. I really want to get to everybody who doesn't, but is willing to listen. So that's why I started, you know, Wellbe as I did. So I, you know, I left my job in March and we launched in July of 2017. So it's been a year and a half and it's a media and lifestyle brand dedicated entirely to helping people prevent chronic health issues and heal them naturally when they arise. And so, yeah, it's been a wild ride as I'm sure you guys know, starting anything entrepreneurial is like so much, you know, more stress and fear and anxiety and whatever than I think I've ever experienced, but it's also the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And I can't imagine doing anything else. So I think that's what people also say about having children. I don't know. I don't have children, but (laughs) (laughs) yes, they do. They do say that. And we don't know either, but we we can, but we can relate to everything else you said, especially the part. Well, you know, I think that it sounds like for all three of us, it's like we had to go through traumatic circumstances in order to wake up and realize that we had to take our health into our own hands. And it's so unfortunate that that's what's happening to so many people is that they have to have this awful thing happen, whether it's to themselves or to someone that they love in order to wake up and in order to realize that they can heal themselves, mind, body, and spirit, but that that takes work as well. And so I love what you're doing just to wake up people so that maybe they don't have to go through yeah, that trauma exactly. in order to... I think it's a, I think it's a trend in uh, women, especially like once you go through something and you learn from it and it makes you stronger and you sort of feel like, you know, to use the millennial term, like you got woke or whatever, um, you're like, wow, <laughs> I, I can't imagine just keeping this to myself, you know? Right. And I just want to express my compassion for you, for your story, especially with your mom. Mm -hmm. Um, I have mental illness on both sides of my family and not to the degree that you've experienced, but I've also been extremely disappointed in the mental health care of this country. It's so frustrating because I feel like, and I almost became, uh, I almost, I wanted to, you know, some, I studied psychology in college and I wanted to either possibly get an MA or a, sorry, a master's or a, a PhD in psychology because I found it fascinating. But the, the limits to which um, I feel the psychiatry and mental health care system really, it's not, you know, they throw a lot of medications at the wall and see what sticks despite all the, all the um, side effects and, and they don't address, like you said, they don't address other factors. And it's, I feel like it's a symptom of our society and just like our, our healthcare in general. It's like, we want to get it one and done. We want to get them in mm-hmm. and out, like statistically, or right, you fit this box. Okay. You need this drug. Oh, you, that that's not working. And we'll give you five more. And it's like, we don't, 
the, the practitioners don't take the time to step back and go look at it holistically. What are you eating? What's your stress in your life? What's your genetics? Like there's so much more that goes into it. And um, I feel like they, they disregard that because of time and money. And it's really a yes, travesty. I mean, absolutely. Thank you for your your condolences. But, um, you know, it's been eight years now since her death. So I can talk about it more. You know, I, I have to talk about it all the time, honestly, now that I'm doing this work. But it it really, I don't mind at all talking about it now because I know what a critical time we are in for mental health. And I feel like there is a direction we can go in, which is the whole country is just medicated because, you know, people experience depression, people experience anxiety. These are normal human emotions or when they get more serious, like what happened to my mom, it's like, oh my God, they, you know, we don't really know what to do with this kind of person. Something's going on. Let's just dull her completely. So she's neither living really a life because she can't really do anything, but yes, she's not having that paranoia delusion. So technically she's, you know, being treated for that. And it's like, is that, is that really a better solution? You know, she, she was so down about the way that she was being forced to live on these medications and the way they made her feel that she opted to take her life. Is that, is that really better? You know? So I think you're right. It's like the society of just quick fix pill for nil without thinking through like, is this actually better? And also, is this going to cause more harm in the long run? And also what is causing this problem that we're going to let fester exactly. in the first place? They don't know. And they try to pretend like they do. And that's what's so frustrating. It's like, I would respect them more if they're like, we truly don't know. I mean, they do say, well, like if they don't know if something's idiopathic, they don't really know what they, they say. Genet- you know, often they say genetics because it's easy to point to and be like, it's just you. You're the, it's, your, it's your DNA and we can't, you know, we can manage it. But a lot of things are necessary for certain genes to turn on or off. And that has a lot to do with lifestyle, stress, food, fam- support. I feel like we are so connected on social media and cell phones and video chat, but we are so, like, our country is so lonely. The Western society in general, but specifically America, I feel like people are so lonely and that contributes to so many health issues. Yes, this is like a topic that is so, I feel like top of mind these days to me, or maybe it is to you too, but the basically it's a public health crisis loneliness and i i think even the surgeon general declared it so like last year and at wellbe we do a monthly research wrap up which is you know like an an article and i say we go through and comb through all the research that has come out that we think is really crucial for you to know to prevent chronic illness and understand you know what works to heal and cover you know what's working in integrative medicine and wellness and to show that there's tons of research because I'm really sick of hearing that, you know, oh, that's not science. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I get that too all the time. You're like, oh, you don't believe in science? And you're like, who sponsored exactly. that study? <laughs> like, do you even understand what you're saying? I love that you're just, you know, saying a blanket statement, but there's a lot of different ways to do science. And oh, yeah, no one's going to sponsor a clinical trial on broccoli because you can't patent it. Yeah, I feel that in these last few wrap-ups that we've put out, it's just coming through more and more the connection between loneliness and connection with others and, you know, having social support and healthy relationships and the connection to those with chronic illness. It's so correlated and, you know, I, I don't know how we can undo. I mean, I know how we could maybe undo some of the food stuff, which I'm sure you guys feel similarly with, you know, a move towards local and organic foods and trying to, you know, get rid of subsidies for unhealthy foods and things like that. But I don't really know how we can go backwards on where we are from a technology perspective that's causing so much loneliness. And just from a cultural perspective, like, you know, a lot of other cultures, grandparents live with parents and grandchildren and help and take care of and feel connected in that way. And, you know, that sort of thing. And you gather with friends after work and we're just in traffic and working late and running to an exercise class and then getting dinner on the table. And there's just, just this like endless go, go, go things you need to be doing constantly. Even my like morning wellness routine. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things to do. <laughs> <Can't get laughs> Gotta to check them all off the list. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you know, what's so interesting too, is at least I remember reading this statistic that in tribal societies or cultures that have, you know, three generations in one house, they have other problems in their societies, such as food and nutrition, but they don't have the depression and the anxiety that we do in the West. Isn't that interesting? 
They don't have it. Like they don't have it. It's not a, they're like, what, what's the matter? You're, you're sad. Let's, let's, let's dance. Let's, let's go cook a meal. They, they don't, ha- they have other issues, but they don't have what we have. They're not on antidepressants. Well, and also the bloom zones where people are living to be over a hundred years old, they discovered, you know, Dan Buettner did the study and, and then the following book on what are the main factors that contribute to their longevity. And one of them was community, having a sense of community that everyone was raising the children, whether it was church or religious or spiritual or um, just families coming together to help each other. That was part of what was, you know, a factor in their longevity. And we live in cities, you know, you're in New York, we're in LA and like, we don't live like that. And I don't know many people who do. Well, Yes. So first of all, I am obsessed with the Blue Zones and actually was able to connect with them and they decided to interview me. So it actually just came out on their social media channels like three days ago. So it's really funny that you just said that. Um, (laughs) But I've read like all of the books. I read them over and over sometimes just because I'm so fascinated by it. And I love that one of the five is in America and it's actually in Loma Linda, California, which is not a particularly like it's covered in smog. It's, you know, a lot of traffic and stuff. It's not like in some beautiful, you know, setting. It's not like they're frolicking around in, you know, green pastures and such. It's very much like a modern day American place. And so it gives me a lot of hope that it's really about these lifestyle changes, even when you're in a certain environment, that's not like a dream environment, you know, for health, that it's still possible to do that. So on one hand, that makes me feel hopeful. On the other hand, that community, I think it's the Seventh Day Adventist. They live so differently from. They're so connected. They have such strong support, both from their church, but also the way that their family structure is. I think they observe a Sabbath, so you know they're getting offline a whole day a week, and you know other things like that. So I think, do we have to go to that? I, I probably, I think so, but I'm I'm just not sure how we're all going to make that cultural decision. You know, it seems like we're heading into like 5G and, you know, everything like AI and high-speed trains and space travel, you know, it just, I I, I can't imagine how we're going to go, go backwards, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. Oh my God, this, I saw the funniest meme, you guys. And it was something like, I keep saying Alexa when I mean Surrey and Surrey when I mean Alexa. I mean, are we living in a time where I can't get my damn robots names right? Yeah, I (laughs) I actually saw I had to kill my Alexa. (sighs) I actually didn't kill her, but I put her in a closet. She's still listening. I don't know. I don't trust that. I don't trust her. (laughs) She's, yeah, we were making a joke, like out loud. We were making some silly joke joke about drugs. And all of a sudden I hear her, heard her go bloop, bloop. And I'm like, oh my God, she's recording us. Yeah. She's sending this data to somebody. Oh, that's the other complete, like, it's so big brother. I mean, we all voluntarily put listening devices in our homes. Like, yeah, but oh, that's yeah. got to change. That's, that's up to like, like, I'm sorry, Facebook, Instagram. Well, Facebook is Instagram. Instagram is Facebook, <laughs> Google, like they, they need to be regulated. Like that shit doesn't fly with me and it should not fly with anyone else who believes yeah, in their first I amendment. Agree. <laughs> I agree. I feel like somehow, even if they regulate it, the, the technology companies are so brilliant. They'll be like 10 steps ahead of the government at each, at each point, you know, but I would say that this lack of connection is so, so crucial. And also I saw another great meme. This is what the internet is good for memes, right? (laughs) (laughs) They make me laugh. But I saw another one about like, Families don't all have heart disease because it's genetic. Families all have heart disease because they eat the same crappy diet. Like it's basically like yes, it's, it's so a connection, true. but sometimes your connection to people, certain groups or, you know, your family or your friends is like really unhealthy. So it's a having connection and feeling supported, but it's also having people around you encourage you to take care of your body and, you know, treat it like you love it instead of like, you're going to run it into the ground. Absolutely. And so when you were telling your story earlier about getting over Lyme and you said you tried all these woohoo practices, what are some of the things that you did back then that you would still recommend today? So I was like 11 or 12. So they felt particularly woo-woo because what 12-year-old wants to do anything weird. You just want to fit in and you want to, you know, have your first kiss and hang out with all the other girls and whatever. Listen to Britney Spears. I'm pretty sure that came out when I was 12. (laughs) But some of the things that were, I think, really amazing and are still today working for a lot of Lyme patients is um, we did hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So I actually went to a facility 
with my mom and my brother. And I lived in like a motel six with them for three weeks or something. One summer, it was brutal to this um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy center in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is like Amish country. And um, just, you know, it looks like a tanning bed basically. And you just get in and do a couple hours a day in there. That is being used now to treat traumatic brain injury and Lyme and so many other things. I think it's a really fascinating treatment. Yeah, cancer in humans and animals. Obi had it actually when he had pancreatitis. Yeah, oh um, it saved his life. That's my amazing. little guy. He is no longer with us, but when he first, because he got diabetes, and when he got diabetes, kept getting pancreatitis. The first time he had it, it was really severe, and I had this vet in. I was in New York actually. I was there for my cousin's wedding, and this amazing vet. She's like, "Well, we can try the. You know, he's not doing so well, but we can try the hyperbaric." And I was like, "Let's do it. I don't care about <laughs> the cost." And it saved his life. Oh, that's so amazing. great to hear. Yeah, that one was. I, I see a lot of promise with that with that treatment. I hope it's really pervasive soon. And another one that I did, this is really weird, is something called bovine colostrum therapy, which is still an orphan drug phase, which means that it's it's basically the FDA's way of saying there's research and evidence here that this works. So we want drug companies to do clinical trials and get things developed, but they basically haven't done it yet, so it's technically illegal. And it was just the saddest thing. This, my mom, I don't know how she found them because, you know, back then, I mean, we didn't have Google. I think maybe there was Netscape, maybe. So I don't, maybe. Right. But I don't know how she did all this research, but she, she found so much out there and she connected with this farmer. It was basically like a black market situation. He's now dead. Um, it's sad a story, but I hope somebody makes a documentary about this one day. Um, but he helped a lot of different people um, with this treatment, even though it was illegal. And so we moved to, again, like a Motel 6 in this tiny town called Mankato, Minnesota. And um, in the summer, it's the practice of injecting your blood, which has the Lyme in it, into cows Um, because cows are naturally immune to Lyme. And so then you drink their colostrum, which is the most nutrient-rich part of, you know, mother's milk. That's the first few days after a baby is born. And so dairy cows make colostrum a lot because they're always kind of nursing and stuff. So then you drink it and, uh, you know, you, well, you actually like swish it around in your mouth and try to get it into your whole bloodstream and stuff like that. Wow. This is what I have not heard of. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, and I had to like all throughout the next school year, carry around this little, you know, freezer bag, like a little lunch bag, lunchbox bag, um, with like ice packs and the classroom in it. Cause then we, you know, packed it all up in like dry ice and drove all the way from Minnesota to New York. And uh, it was so weird. And I thought my mom was so out of her mind, but it turns out she was really on, on to something because now, I mean, it's still around and there's, you know, you can even, I think Mayo Clinic site talks about, you know, its effectiveness and things like that. So it's pretty amazing. And so they ended up he was like being watched his farm. It was like he was an, like a spy or something. He was being watched by the government and eventually like thrown in jail for practicing medicine without a license. And there were two different appeals and hung juries and cases thrown out and all this stuff. And this woman who was a very famous lawyer in Minnesota ended up getting sick with something and being cured by this treatment. And so she ended up taking up his case pro bono and getting all charges dropped. But he was at that point really old and I think just really heartbroken. So he died shortly after he was acquitted. And she actually, I forget her name, but she started something called the health freedom movement in Minnesota after this whole thing to basically say like, you know, if something may save our lives and it's technically not legal, like you cannot prosecute me for trying that, you know, or you cannot make it impossible for me because I have the right. And so I think, I hope it catches on nationally because I think it's so important that we don't get basically this is paid for and nothing else, or this drug is your only option, even though you may have read about some interesting trials with something more natural or experimental. And anyway, the story is so sad to me, but it's pretty crazy that that was the farmer that we saw. Yeah. That is crazy, but wow, that should be a documentary. I mean, I would definitely watch that if I don't make it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that 
health freedom is such a problem because people aren't given other options. That's exactly what happened to me in North Carolina, where I started researching other options. I had no idea anything about holistic health or food or alternative medicine or, you know, hyperbaric oxygen. You know, we had never heard of anything like that. And there was, and my mom had cancer and she also had had multiple sclerosis. So she was on more pills, just like, you know, your mom, where they're just giving her so many pills just to counteract every single side effect so that she couldn't even function normally anymore because she's just on a pill to counteract a pill to counteract a pill. And she would even bring up vitamins and nutrients and the doctors would just literally laugh. Like there were no other options in their eyes other than just shoving drugs down her throat. And so she, you know, back then, like you said, you didn't have Google or I, I think that's when we were having probably Netscape or whatever too, but there was no YouTube. There was no way for me to look outside the little small town, North Carolina bubble that I was living in to get access to this information. So, you know, going back to, we're talking about the technology and everything that is the gift of the technology that we have these days is that we now have the information at our fingertips and can make different decisions than we could before. And I think that's really, really empowering. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I hope the law also just begins to recognize that, you know, just because the conventional healthcare system doesn't have the solution at this time or has, you know, a treatment, but it has a lot of side effects, then you've got to allow people to go find what might work for them, you know? And I think, yeah, that, that's just something I feel so strongly about after what I experienced. Culturally, say Japan, for example, how they view health, like Korea, South Korea, and and your and many part, most parts of Europe, how they view health is just so different, and how their their governments regulate supplements and drugs and things like that, like is just so different. I remember when drug companies could, there was some law where they could not advertise direct to public. And now I see these drug commercials, which I used to audition for as an actress, <laughs> I would be really conflicted. And I'm like, if I get this, would I do it? I don't know. It'd pay a lot of money. But at the other hand, like, I don't believe in it. Like, so I, I never got any. It's okay. But like, you see them and they list, you know, at the end of the commercial, someone other, some other voice comes in really fast and like side effects might include, blah, 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 blah. And, and it's, it's got to change. Like I think, um, like many things in our country, especially right now, it's got to come from the people. And I have family members in the Western medical healthcare system that really believe in why they really want to help people. Uh, but the system has to change. Like it's got to become more like Japan and Europe, where they they view the body as as telling us signs and very intelligent and working within the different systems versus giving a pill to control and manage symptoms. Exactly. That's all. That's all I got to say. I would have taken that commercial money. I would have done the commercial, taken the money and then publicly like donated it to like the counter, like whoever, whatever the holistic version of the drug was and like publicly done it and like made a big stink about it. <laughs> I mean, the the whole <laughs> like TV drug ads is so kind of funny and terrifying. It's hilarious. Like every time you hear one, like I'm like a broke, we don't, my husband and I have, you know, like just watch, you know, Netflix or whatever, or, or like Roku. So we don't really hear a lot of commercials, but recently my little brother got us YouTube TV, which is, if you don't have it, it's pretty awesome. The problem is I'm now watching, you know, some commercials again, because it's like actually real TV every once in a while. And I forgot how just laughable these commercials are. It's like one of the side effects that they list is often exactly what the drug is for to begin with. You know, it's like an antidepressant. And the, one of the side effects they list is like suicide or depressing thoughts or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute, why on earth? <laughs> right. Like this doesn't even make sense, but people are just like robots. And well, the doctor said, and you know, this or that. Yeah. I want to know who are these patients that are going into their doctor and going, I just saw a commercial for this and I want it. Who are those people? It's clearly working. It is it clearly working though. I mean, I agree. Like, <laughs> or it's, it's a write-off or it's a write-off for big pharma because they make so much money that they need to spend it somewhere. No, I honestly think it works because like the US and New Zealand are the only two countries in the world that allow direct to consumer advertising for pharmaceuticals. And our pharmaceutical use in this country is just out of control compared to every other country. So 
I think it's working, right? I mean, <laughs> clearly it's working. And like, I will say, okay, like back in the day when I had no clue, like my mind would just go, oh, those are like, they have to say the side effects because they rarely ever happen when I had no idea. So I think that must be, people are just like happy to go, oh, look at those happy people. I want to be happy too. And those side effects won't happen to me. They just have to say that by law or something. Cause it's probably happened once not having any idea that no, it probably happens most of the time. And they're just trying to sell you something. Right. No, I think that's exactly what it is. And sort of like a, not to get into this whole argument too, but discussion on guns and like the mass shootings and stuff. Most of us just think it's not going to happen to us, right? Like I live in the middle of Manhattan and ride the subway all the time. And a lot of times when I'm in there, I'm thinking like, there's absolutely no reason that 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 can't happen to me this moment, you know, but we just assume it's not going to happen to us. Or, you know, when we get on a plane, it's just human nature. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about before. It's like with a lot of this stuff, until it happened to all of us, until we had to go through this with our parents and with our own health, we didn't really feel like we had to get it out there and make changes in our own lives and help others make those changes too. Okay. I have another meme that you now have reminded me of. Did you guys see the one where um, someone wrote like, oh my God, they banned plastic straws. I guess I'll just have to drink my mocha frappuccino through the shotgun. <laughs> like just the absurdity. <laughs> Just the absurdity of the fact that, and I'm I'm all for a plastic straw, straw ban. I don't want plastic in our oceans. Uh, you know, I want to conserve as much as possible. But also, just the fact that that happens so quickly, and now plastic straws are banned. However, guns are still, you know, in the hands of twelve year olds and Again, anyone who wants it them. has to come from us. So, like we, so so now the NRA, just like Big Pharma, ruling the government, it has to come from us. And Australia went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Australia had more, you know, access to guns, not like ours, what we're experiencing right now is insane, but they started having so many mass shootings were eventually like, okay, no more, no more, we're done. And this country is so batshit crazy, excuse my language, about guns, and um, they don't really get it. Like the founding fathers could never have imagined automatic rifles, you know, killing babies in schools. Like, I don't right. think they would have been in support of that. And it's got to come from us. It's got to come from people going, okay, like, like most of America's for at least universal background checks and stricter laws on people that can get them. And yet nothing's changed. So right. Hopefully it will. And also that I feel like that just reminds me of, of what you were saying before about like, it has to come from the people. But if, you know, the NRA is so powerful and the pharmaceutical industry is so powerful, it also has to come from kind of some exposure of that because lawmakers, are happy to kind of keep quiet about that until the people know about that. So it's like, I think it's also up to us to make sure that there's enough awareness and education about what's really going on without fear mongering too much or whatever, but just being really factual about the information and the situation. So people can start to kind of clamor at the powers that be in the government to say no more, you know, we don't want pharmaceutical advertising. We don't want that to be the only option. We want root cause medicine and all of those things that we've talked about. 100%. All right. So tell us more, get us into Wellbe. Yeah. So it's been a wild ride, but basically I started filming stories of health recovery through integrative medicine and filming experts that I thought, you know, sat between the healthcare industry and the wellness movement. So a lot of functional MDs and integrative practitioners And I really just wanted to show people like these people aren't woo woo weirdos anymore, you know, like these people are mainstream now. This is mainstream. And these are highly educated, brilliant people who are making decision to practice medicine that way, or, you know, are just like you and me went, you know, were professionals or lawyers or whatever they might've been who went through something and didn't want to go down an integrative path, but that's where they ended up and they were healed. So showing that this stuff is possible and that these people are normal and that it's not this like fringe part of the world anymore. Um, So I started with a lot of video content and um, that enabled me to actually launch the Wellbe podcast. So I have a podcast too, six months ago and use a lot of the, you know, footage and audio files from that to put on the podcast. And as I mentioned, we do these research wrap-ups and a lot of other, you know, really in-depth articles and guides on these different topics related to, you know, as I mentioned, all about preventing chronic health issues through everything you do all day and how to reverse them when they happen. Even simple things like how we have a whole guide on like eggs, like there's all the topics on the egg carton are so freaking confusing. And, you know, they all mean really important stuff for your health, but 
they're just kind of seen as marketing terms or this or that, or, you know, pasture rage, cage free, this, you know, triple A, whatever it is, hormone free. And so we get into a lot of different things like that. And as it's evolved, we have events mostly in New York, but I've done, you know, some elsewhere in the country as well. You know, we're pretty active on Instagram and and Facebook and YouTube and and our site and our weekly newsletter and now our podcast. And it's been a real just trying to get as much awareness through content and through, you know, talking to people like you guys and others, as I mentioned, that are practitioners and uh, practicing medicine to show that this is really where medicine needs to go and where also the food system needs to go and environmental toxins need to go and things like that. And from what I've heard from most of the Wellby community, it's sort of becoming also a bit of like a resource and a directory and I'm building out more e-learning additions to what I'm already doing um, as far as media. Um, we also have like a Wellby store that we have products that we use ourselves just because I sort of got sick of people asking me for simple recommendations about, you know, what water filter I use and what's that thing you wash your vegetables with and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, we'll just put this up here and you guys can go get it. So it's, yeah, it's been wild and exciting. And um, through that process also became a board certified patient advocate, which I'm so glad I did that when I did that, because I think a lot of that medical mumbo jumbo and jargon and a lot of billing stuff from Medicare and Medicaid would have left my brain after, you know, three years in the healthcare system. But luckily, it was still fresh enough for me to pass the exam. Um, And so that just enables me to work with people, not that I'm doing so at the moment in a one-off way too much, to really navigate them and under allow them to see the different options to treat different things and advise them on natural ways that they might, you know, want to get to the root cause of a health issue or whatever it might be. So yeah, it's exciting work. Of course, it's a lot <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yes. I know you're doing a lot. I think we're the same person because <laughs> I did the same thing with my videos. I turned them into podcasts. I was just filming stories of people that healed themselves as much as I could. That's all I want to do. So I share them in the podcast books, you know, video. And I just am trying to create this empire to teach everyone, you know, your health is in your hands. And so I'm on your site and I have a really important question. <laughs> like, yes. Susie, this one's really Go important. Ahead. Okay. So she has her store. I was just looking at it. Okay. Look at the store. We're both on our, our <laughs> laptops sitting next to each other. And I'm on the wine purifier that takes out the sulfites. Yes. Wait. Oh, yes. The Ulo. Yes. Okay. I need this right now. Like I'm about to order it. I hope I hope that you have an affiliate link so you get credit. Okay. Because it's on it goes to Amazon. Okay, good. Yeah. So does this work? Um, I need this right now because I just read yes. the, the information that just came out like a month ago about how toxic our wine is right now and how all the, what was it, Monsanto Roundup or some chemicals are in every yeah. single bit oh, of California yes. wine. Oh, I've no. stopped drinking so sadly. I stopped Ooh. drinking California wine over a year ago. I used to love it. I only drink European wine now. I use the sulfite Ulo thing as much as I can. And I mostly just try to find organic and biodynamic wines as well. Welby has a whole wine guide on our site as well, if you're search wine. But um, it's basically we dug really into what's in you know most bottles of wine. And you're absolutely right. The way that the wine is produced mostly in California is it doesn't have natural pesticides the way that it does in Europe. And so they're allowed to use Roundup and all this other stuff, which is pretty scary. And then when you think about it, wine is not then like cooked or you don't wash it, right? Like the way that you might be able to wash some pesticides off an apple. So you're just drinking condensed and then that's all crushed. And so you're drinking condensed pesticides in the bottle of wine. It's just wild that nobody's really talking about this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I- Oh my God, you have I I feel like- (laughs) (laughs) She does. (laughs) Love your store. We had had an awesome interview with um, this founder who started this company called Sustain, who makes um, non-toxic condoms. And we learned a ton about what's in a conventional condom. And you wouldn't really think about it, but it's going into the most absorbent part of your body. And so you really don't want to have, you know, really synthetic or, um, it's the rubber tree, which is, you know, latex is made from the rubber tree is also one of the most heavily sprayed crops. So you're getting a lot of not necessarily pesticides, but, um, other chemicals on that as well. So it's so interesting. This is like, I think one of the few 
non-toxic condom brands, but I hope and I think a lot more will be coming out in the next couple of years as this issue gets more national attention. But yeah, there's just lots of things that you don't think about that are just contributing to your toxic load and wine and condoms are on that list. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I, you know, I try to buy as organic and vegan and sustainable and biodynamic as possible, but sometimes you're just in a hurry or going to a party and you just grab whatever you can. And I know I'm guilty of it and I really want to be more conscious of it. So I'm definitely interested in this um, gadget here to take out. Yeah, we, we give it, my husband and I give it as a gift to like almost everybody that we know, because we can't change that whether or not they're going to buy organic wine all the time, but we can certainly just make sure that whatever they're going to drink, they can at least take the sulfites out. Because the other thing is added sulfites are for you know shelf preservation. Once you get the bottle of wine and you're opening it and you're about to drink it, you don't need those anymore. So you can definitely take those out. It's like a you know, it's a no brainer, I think. So anyway, yes, I'm a huge fan. Brilliant. I love this wooden alarm clock that you guys have on. Your store is great. I love Susie, it. I just added that to my car. I'm going oh, shopping. You. <laughs> you didn't know this was going to turn uh, into a shopping. Episode. Yeah, I didn't think it would. No, I mean, this is awesome. You guys just go through all of it. <laughs> so fun. Um, a lot of these things I already agree with you. I already have like my Breville. Love it. But I yeah. just got a Breville. I got the next level up than the, the, the one that you have here. Oh, nice. And it is kick ass. I'm doing a juice revolution. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, this is actually hysterical, but I don't really know how to use mine. My husband does it because he's like our, he's our resident like ginger shot maker. And then I just use like our Vitamix every day for, you know, everything else. And uh, I, I am getting convinced though, from a number of friends to try making my own celery juice. Cause I've heard it's just has, so many benefits. So I'm, that might be when I actually ask him for a tutorial on how to use our Breville. It's pretty um, damn easy, Adrian. <laughs> the Brevels are great. There's and they, so many, so many parts though. It's quite intimidating. I know, I know. But once you put it together once, you'll be you like, got oh, it. I got it. Cause only yeah. every piece only okay. goes one spot. So it's not like you can stick one in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, and it takes down celery like no one's business. Yeah. And it's not like a Rubik's cube. It's like, it's an easy puzzle, you know? And they're easy to clean. I got the next level up. It's like the cold press. It's just this one, but it has a bigger pitcher and it's a cold press. It's one Joe Cross was pushing and um, it's great. They're both great. All right. Well, you guys have sold me on it. When I'm stuck inside during this snowstorm this weekend, I will. You can do um, it. You have an MBA. Finally do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. And the celery juice, I just want to mention that is so healing for the gut. Anyone struggling with gut issues, just start doing that in the morning. It's like the medical medium, I think is the person that popularized this, but like, I know so many people who that has helped tremendously. So definitely something that worth, worth adding to your routine. Yeah. No, I've heard so many things from so many people about how it has impacted them from people trying to get pregnant to people trying to detox who have the MTHFR gene to, you know, just people doing a dry January and trying to get all the crap out from from December. Um, it seems to be quite incredible for for just clearing everything out. So I will be getting on that train soon. You can't make all the changes at once, you know, <laughs> that's what I tell myself. That's what I tell people too. Like, don't try to do it all just little by little. And I think the better that you feel um, and the more you learn, the more you want to do, it kind of feeds on itself, you know? So even from the year since, you know, I started since Wellby launched a year and a half ago, I've adopted so many amazing different practices and learned so much more about my health. And I, you know, I feel like it's a journey that will only get more and more interesting and optimized and all of that. Exactly. Yeah. We're the same. Like I learn new, new things on the podcast all the time. And I'm like adding that to the routine or buying this or like right now I'm going to buy the wine thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's, it's also so fun. I think, well, you guys might agree with me, but to be doing something finally that you feel like, you would be doing for fun anyway. That's just kind of your hobby too. And um, I was definitely that friend that, you know, in college and high school that everyone kind of made fun of, but also kind of went to when they needed to know anything about food or supplements or whatever, because of just the way that my family was. And I got so much fun to be made for that. And, um, but it was, that's still me now, (laughs) depending on who I'm talking to, they make fun of me. And then they ask me how I did it. Right. Well, now it's like trendier. So I feel like there's less, you know, poking fun or whatever, but Um, It never occurred to me that it would end up being my career. It was just like this, oh, this hobby, like interest, because, you know, it's like I had to for my life and my health, whatever. But no, I 
I'm going to go, you know, I thought I was going to be an international journalist because I lived in China for two years off and on and it's just totally different path, but it's kind of amazing and awesome to see that it comes a little full circle and that I'm getting to write now all the time and, you know, produce videos and, you know, in a way that's its own form of journalism. So it's, it's kind of neat that way. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you found this path. We're grateful for you. Where can everyone find you online, follow you on Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I'm glad I found you too. I feel like I know you from this conversation now, even though I know. I feel like we could get together and drink filtered wine someday. I think we should definitely do that. I definitely do. <laughs> New York trip? Yeah. I'm in. I come to LA every few months now because there's just so much going on there with wellness stuff. And I have a lot of New York friends who live there. So I will definitely let you guys know. Um, yeah. But, stop by the studio next time. Yeah. That would be so fun. For finding me, um, all of our website and social channels are Get Wellby. So just you can also search Get Wellby on the podcast app and find the Wellby podcast that way. But we're really, you know, most active um, on Instagram and Facebook and our newsletter. So those are the best places to find me. And I'd love for anybody who has any further questions to reach out on our website or on Instagram and ask me. I'd be totally happy to answer them. And Thank you guys again so much for having me today. It was so fun. Thanks, Adrian. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.